You're listening to an audio message from The Well, a gospel-centered church family in Hastings, Nebraska that exists to grow disciples and glorify God. For more information, please visit www.thewellhastings.com. I want to use this piece of wood to, to illustrate that. First, I want to read a scripture here that will hopefully point us in the direction we need to go. It says, this is in uh, Romans 6, it's verse 16. You do not know, do you not know that when you were pre- that when you're present present yourself to someone as a slave of obedience, you are slaves to the one whom you obey. Uh, either sin resulting in death or obedience resulting in righteousness. For most of my life, that, I'm not going to lose my sermon notes today, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Um, (laughs) For for most of my life, the choice that I made was the easier road, which was the road to sin. That, um, but I had a, I had a purpose. I had a reason I didn't know really what it was, but I was called to find a spot that I could be anchored and could return to. And that was a per. <laughs> Boy, this is a nice hammer, and um, you got to pack the you know you got to pack the wood around the nail to hold it in place. Okay, that's a lie. Anyway, I needed, I needed that anchor in my life, and I luckily got that through my parents and through the things I learned as a child. But the decisions that I made as I grew up, I turned away from all those things that I learned when I was young. I became obedient to the things that I really thought were fun. The stuff that I thought was going to make me rich, Give me pleasure. Teach me to be accepted, liked, loved, appreciated. All those things that I thought the world was going to give me. Don't lose nails on the floor, Mary. I'll find it eventually, or the vacuum cleaner will. Um, all those things. I. I was looking to the world to fill me where there was so much that really all it did was drive me away, drag me down, bring me to places that I didn't belong, take me into homes where I should not have been, doing things that I should have never, ever even thought of. I've done things that God wouldn't even imagine for me to do. I don't know if any of you can relate to that, but if you're human and you've lived your life in this world, on this planet, you've been drawn into some of those things that I just talked about. Those things are all over the place in the Bible. We're warned about all of them. We're taught. Uh, We're taught by Scripture, really, that uh, these things are really going to... uh, (laughs) They're going to divide us and separate us from our Lord. This is from Galatians 17. 
It says, but while we were seeking to to be justified in Christ, we ourselves were also being uh, found sinners in Christ. Then, being found sinners, is Christ then a minister of sin? May it never be. Oh, may it never be. For if I re- if I rebuild what I once destroyed, I prove myself a transgressor. The, what I'm saying and what the word is saying there, the things that I just talked about, I know that they're wrong, but I did them anyway. I knew they were wrong when they were, when they were coming about, but I still did that. I still, things that I tore down with my mind and my heart, I still rebuilt. So I am a transgressor. And let's see, we're going to go on to verse 19. Hmm. For though, for through the law I died uh, to the law so that I might live to God. The reason that we have law, the reason that we have um, judges and courts and trials is not just to protect others. Not to just protect ourselves, it's to condemn us. I am condemned for what I've done. I have been condemned uh, many times. I never got caught for half of the things that I was that I accomplished. Not even close. I never got caught for brutalizing my brother. I never went to jail for beating up my wife. I never was confronted about neglecting my children. I never, never was actually condemned for the crimes that I committed against this city when I was in a drunken rage. I never went to jail for assault, which I created, which I committed and committed and committed over and over again. Those are me. That's me. This is what I do to my life. This is what I do to my life. And it's because of seven little words. First, we have lust. I long for things I do not have, especially sex, especially things that I'm not supposed to have. I long for those things. And then... My gluttony. I'm overweight now. I've been overweight many times, much heavier than what I am now, but I'm still a glutton. I want to indulge every chance I get to as much as I can possibly put in me. Uh, I'm guilty of loading my plate up and never finishing the food on it. I'm guilty of Put my hand in the bowl and not being so lazy, I don't draw back to my mouth. I'm guilty of all those things. I know all of that. And I know that where this leads me to is this desire for more makes me want to acquire more money, more wealth, more of everything. I use my profession and the skills that God gave me so I could somehow get rich. That didn't happen. Thank God that didn't happen because money would have destroyed me completely. 
If I ever play the lottery and I win, I'm a lost soul. Absolutely, because I will be absolutely worthless because I've been tied up in my greed and I will never escape on my own. Ever escape on my own. Oh, I'm too lazy to escape on my own. The word for laziness in the Bible is sloth. I waste my time with video games. I try and make myself king of the hill, or I want to, I got to, I got to complete that thing. But I waste my time and my talents by indulging in things that are not profitable. They're not profitable to me, nor to the Lord, or anything, and I'd rather sleep than work. Absolutely. I'd rather roll over than roll out personally. I make, a, I make an effort every day to roll out of bed and not roll over in bed. But it's an effort every day because of that sin, that sloth that's inside of me. <clears throat> Will bring me to a point of what's called wrath. Wrath is extreme anger. It's excessive anger. Wrath is what makes me tell somebody they're an idiot. Wrath is what makes me drive too crazy fast and pull up really fast on somebody that pulled out in front of me. Wrath makes me ride my motorcycle around somebody and cut them off within inches of my rear bumper or my rear, my rear uh, license plate. I don't have a bumper on my bike because <laughs> I don't need one back there anyway. It goes too fast. Uh, <laughs> but if I experience road rage, if I act out because somebody's done something that displeases me, Christ told me if I think it in my heart, I've accomplished it. If I hate my brother, I'm a guilty, I'm guilty of murder. I have hated brothers, brothers in blood, brothers in Christ. Brothers in my field, I've hated my brothers. I've hated my sisters, too, and treated them that way. I'm guilty of all those things. <clears throat> Mostly, I hate because I envy. Man, that's a really nice watch. I wish I had that. Your bike is so cool. Mine's just an old trash bike. Um, those things. I want what you have. And sometimes if I'm wrapped up in all those other sins I talked about, I'll take it. I've done that. Take something that belonged to somebody else when I had absolutely no right to do that. I've done the things that I talk about here. I'm guilty of these seven deadly sins. I've only been through six. Does anybody know what the anchor to all sin is? Pride, exactly. Exactly. My pride. Look at me. I'm a carpenter. My hat's worn out. I, I picked this particular one because I, I love this hat, but you can tell I've worn it a few times. Um, um, these are my Sunday go-to-meeting overalls. You know, uh, everybody should have a pair of these so they're not doing this all the time. That, you know. 
uh, I am going to start preaching in that. So when Joe sees this, he'll be warned. And uh, anyway, that pride makes me think more of myself and less about others. That's not what I'm commanded to do. This isn't what Christ came to teach me to do. Christ came and told me the greatest commandment was to love the Lord my God with all my heart, mind, and soul. Everything, all of my everything, my talent, the skill that I've been allowed as a carpenter, I should be using it daily to better the kingdom of God, to praise Jesus Christ and his name for everything that I do, get, and have. I, that's what I'm supposed to do. The best way to do that is the second and most, second of the most important commandments. That's to love my brothers as I love myself. Amen. Pride does not allow that. If I'm walking in pride, I cannot love you the way I should. I can't look at your accomplishments and be happy for you. I can look at your accomplishments and be envious of you. I can be angry about that. I can be greedy and want the money that you made from that. There's all kinds of stuff that gets brought up in that, and it's because of pride that puts me to that point. When Christ died on the cross, this was God incarnate in man's form. He could have called down legions of angels to save him from the cross. He wasn't that prideful. He didn't. He realized that being the image of God was not something that he should grasp and hang on to or hold against somebody else. This is what he's called us to be like, is to be like him and to do those things, turn away from those evils. But my earthly self creates this. You know, all these nails are all the same size. They all look pretty much similar. But what about the little tiny things that I've done in my life? What about the little white lies that I tell people? Huh, no, dear, those jeans don't make your butt look fat. <laughs> I'm pretty brave, she's sitting over here. Okay. <laughs> but those little lies like that, I didn't see the light change. When I've gone through the yellow, and I know the red one's going to be right there before I get through it. You ever tell those little ones? Didn't hurt anybody. Didn't kill anybody when I went through there, did I? Didn't even hit anybody. Oh, it didn't slow anybody down. In fact, the guy behind me liked it because he followed me through. <laughs> I just drew him into sin with me because I drove through the yellow light. He would have stopped if I would have stopped, or else he would have hit me. And you know, that's not that's not on me. You know, the, the little things like uh, walking out of, uh, walking around in the store and eating a handful of grapes. And then paying for the weight of the grapes. Well, I bought the grapes, I, but I didn't pay for the weight of the grapes that I ate. And I can eat a lot of grapes in one, you know, one little trip to the store. Um, <laughs> it's funny, but I've done it. And I talk about those things because those are the common things that we all tend to do and think it's okay. But it turns us into liars. And the Lord said in Revelations that liars will not be in heaven. 
Liars and murderers and non-repentant souls will not be in heaven. So am I condemned to hell now? In this state, in this state, if I present myself to God with this, I'm condemned. I'm condemned to hell. And I believe in heaven. And I, if, if I believe in heaven, I have to believe in hell. If I believe in God, I have to know that Satan is real also. If I believe in the healing power of Jesus Christ, I have to know that my own human self, my sin and my sin nature is the exact enemy of what Christ wants me to be. The only hope I have is to find some way to remove all of this. When I, when I pray for myself, the most important thing I can pray is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that all who believe in him might not perish but have eternal life. With that promise, I can start receiving mercy and grace and forgiveness of my sins. I can start removing the damage that I've caused to others by repenting and turning away from what I did first. And then amending that behavior and apologizing for what I've done. I can keep on doing that, creating my own, my own self into an image that Christ wants me to be just by paying back the money that I stole. Or walking with the person that I despised because of their illness. Visiting the prisoner when they're in jail even though the crime they committed was against me. Going to a sick man, a dying man, and treating him like my brother, and dying in his place with him, that doesn't mean I'm gonna be died, I'm gonna die and be buried, but if I can come to him with the gospel of Christ in the last days of his life, that's the most important thing I can do for somebody. If I do those things, I'm creating a different future for myself by doing that. I've already been forgiven. I need to be cleansed. I need to have this stuff washed away. I just talked to Dave. I got to be involved when uh, Dave got baptized. And I wasn't planning on being there. In fact, I didn't show up until it was just about time for him to get dunked. But when <laughs> we were in our conversation, he said that, uh, you know, I said, well, uh, he said, I, I left a lot of sin in that water. I said, so when they drained it out, fish died? And he said, well, they may not have died, but they were fed pretty well. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's a glorious thing. That's a little piece of heaven that I get, to, I get to be involved in for not anything of my own, but because God loved me that much. He, he sent his son to teach me and to guide me and to show me that the things that I was doing was wrong. He gave me a conscience to know that I've injured people. And I've, I've injured my parents, all my siblings, 
every friend that I ever called a friend. So if I've called you a friend, I've injured you some way. Even if you don't know it, somehow I've misled you. I've told you something that wasn't true. I've done something. And even if I haven't done it yet, the potential is I'm going to still do that. But as I do work and amend my ways and I work to be more like my Savior, every day he gives me just a little bit more. He allows me to get a little bit closer. He allows me a little more knowledge of him that the only place to find God and his voice is in the word of God. I don't care what version of the Bible you read. If it's one that you understand, praise God. If it's one that makes you change your ways, praise God. If there's one that makes you amend what you've been doing and try and heal the past that you created for yourself, praise God. That's not on your own power. This is the Holy Spirit working in you if you have really believed John 3.16. If you believe that, you are forgiven even though you're carrying all of these daggers, all of these things that held you apart from God. Those things are your own responsibility. You put them there. Christ will forgive them even if they're all still there. He'll forgive them. But as a Christian, it's my job to clean up the mess that I made. You know, that's one thing I learned when I was a Boy Scout. I was actually a Boy Scout. Um, leave it better than you found it. Every time I went camping, that was, what, that was the main thing. Leave it better than you found it. Okay, so we're in a park or in a field someplace where we spent the night. Rake the leaves around your tent and make sure there's nothing in there. Pile up the leaves, burn them, get rid of them, get it cleaned up. It's better than what you found it. All I need to do here is try and get even. I only can do that with the help of Jesus Christ. I can only do that for prayer and petition. I give myself up to the Lord to do with me what he will. Even though I have all of those nails in me, all those spikes, all that damage, he still honors me by allowing me to come to him and say, please, Lord, just use me somehow. I'm not here by accident today. I got a, a text on Thursday and said, you want to preach? And I said, well, yeah, I want to preach, but this message was already in development. And I was just told my daughter, I was having a conversation with her when I got that text that these are great ideas, but I need some place to do that. And Joe sent me a text and asked me if I preached. So this is what you get. Uh, all of that stuff, when I finally get this last one here out, the board's pretty much clean. My anchor's still there. The one that held it in place so I could create this, this simple life that I had, it's still there. It's still there. That's, mm -hmm. let me say, we're going hit, to hit a little bit of scripture here, and it is in Romans 6, 17 and 18. Uh, 
But thanks be to God that though you were slaves to sin, you have become obedient um, from the heart, uh, obedient from the heart to that form of teaching in which you have, which you were committed and have been freed from sin. You became slaves of righteousness. I'm still a slave. But it's a glorious slavery that I, that I have now. I'm a slave to righteousness. The word of God tells me that. When I clean up this mess myself, just admitting it, all those nails I pulled, all the stuff that I said, I said it, it was on me to take care of that. God doesn't give me more than I can handle. Is that something that's true out and out of the Bible? It's not. God doesn't give me more than me and him together can handle. That's true and out of the Bible. Okay, so when I am able to do all these things, I didn't do that with my own power. I had my help. I I hate to call Christ a tool, but he is. He meant to be a tool. He had done for me what I couldn't do for myself. And he turned me into a slave. He made me a slave of obedience. Instead, I'm obedient to righteousness. I'm obedient to God. I try and make the right decisions better and do it more often than I ever have before. And daily, that's my job. I try and make those things happen. I try. I try. I try. When I succeed, we've done it. It's finished when Christ says it's finished. Okay, so if that first nail, that first wound that I had, if that was my anchor, my stronghold, the thing that held me in place, that was from the Lord. It was still a wound just like all the other wounds. But it was a perfect wound that Christ gave me in order that I would know I need him. Even through all the mess, even through all the stuff, all the self-will and denial and all those things, he's the one that put me to the task of cleaning that stuff up. He was not responsible for me driving nails into this. He wasn't responsible for the wounds and attacks that I got from others. That's the earth, that's the world. And if you want to know who the earth and the world are, it's Satan. The devil's out there. He roams around looking for souls, looking for those who really don't know. His main job is to make us believe that he's really not real. That's what the demon's job is. You don't have to believe Satan's real. And if you don't, he won. He won because if you don't believe Satan's real, you don't believe that Christ is real. The, it, Christ fought, battled Satan. He put Satan in his place when he was when he was in the desert for forty days, and, some, and Satan tempted him. He put Satan in his place with what? He didn't put his hands on him, did he? No. He didn't throw rocks at him, did he? Didn't shoot nails out at him, did he? He could have done any of those things. He could have sicked angels on him, but he didn't. What did he do? He went to the Word of God, and that's how he won the word of God. We're being given that gift here in the United States. 
more Bibles are in the United States than there are people. How many people in the United States can say they've actually read their Bible last week? Read in their Bible last week? I can. Can you? Hands? Okay. If you haven't, please try. If you haven't, look for a little scripture that's someplace hanging around your house. Look for a little bit of scripture in whatever you find. Try and find some scripture and get it into you. And start allowing scripture to change you. Let yourself be steeped in the word of God. Therefore, you become more like God. We are not going to be God on this earth. But we're going to be with him in heaven. He wants us to be with him in heaven. Um, let's see. We're going back to Galatians. And this is 2.20. Hmm. I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Make that real. Make that your personal reality, that he gave that up, he gave himself up for you. Not that you'd be nailed in place, but that you would be free. Free to love him, free to serve him. Um, uh, let's see, the most important tool in my box. Where is it? Come here. Come here. What is it? Pliers? Nah. No. It's a wedge. I can move the whole earth with a wedge if I have a big or a lever and a wedge. I can move the whole earth if, if I don't break my hammer first. Okay, it's going to move. It's, it's going to go. Now we'll try again. Oh. That took some effort. It did. That took some effort. And... Um, And I needed help. I needed help from this wedge to get that nail out of there. I don't want to be removed from Christ. What I want is to be forgiven in Christ. And with all those wounds, all those holes, I don't know if you can see them from where you're at, but you saw me drive the nails. You know, every one of those nails is a wound. It's either a wound that's happened to me or it's one that I caused. I'm clean. I'm perfectly clean. There's nothing holding me in place. I'm perfectly clean. I'm perfectly free to do what I want. I'm no longer under con condemnation. I am brand new in the Lord. But the wounds that I caused are still there. Every time I look at this board, I have to remember this is who I was. This is what I did. This is why I need to repent. This is why I need my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is why I deserve death. But because of Jesus and his love for me and his desire to hold me in heaven, he takes those things away. He took every one of the wounds that were meant for me. 
Did anybody in here count how many nails I drove? Did you? You want me to give you the answer? It's 44. Can you say that? 44? 44. I drove 44 nails in there. The first time I did it was by accident. But I realized it was by design now. When Christ was crucified, the day that he went put to his death, he was scourged. And in Hebrews law and Romans followed the Hebrew law, he could only be struck 39 times in his scourging. And I believe that they would have followed through with that no matter what we've seen or what we've heard. I believe that they would have stuck to their law because they were bound by the law and were very afraid of it. So they would have stuck by that. That's 39 wounds. He received another wound right after his scourging when they persecuted him and teased and taunted him and pushed a crown of thorns on his head. That's number 40. 41, 42, 43. The last one, the last wounds, when the blood and the the blood and the water flowed out. The blood and the water flowing out of the body of Christ represents the absolute cleansing of our souls. It represents the forgiveness that we need. And where was it found? After that spear in the side, where did you find that forgiveness? It was at the foot of the cross. Right there. At the foot of the cross is where I found my forgiveness. Where I found my note and knew I had a better being. That's not all Christ's power. That forgiveness isn't even close to what we have been welcomed into. When we come to this point of forgiveness and we've been there and we've been cleansed and everything has worked out in our favor, we have an opportunity to serve the Lord. We have an opportunity to follow in his footsteps. When we follow in his footsteps, we follow him to the grave. He went to the grave so we would live. He's the only proof that we will live because he lived again. His resurrection gave us what we needed. He had to be nailed to the cross and carry every one of those wounds so you didn't have to, so I didn't have to. So when I do do those things, I am forgiven and I know in the bottom of my heart that he forgave me 2,000 years ago by dying someplace where I should have died. If I'd have been standing in that crowd, I would have been yelling, crucify him. If I would have been one of the Roman soldiers, I would have whacked him with a stick or something. I would have been so drawn into what everybody else was doing, I would have drove nails in his hands and feet. I would have shoved that crown of thorns on his head. I would have done all those things. I really believe that the Roman soldiers that did that, especially the one that stabbed him in the side, they received forgiveness because they were in God's purpose. And I believe that if they really, truly believe that he was God, like some of them said he 
this must be the Son of God. I really believe that if that's true, I'm going to meet those guys in heaven. And they're going to tell me how horrible that was, but how great it is not to be condemned to that anymore. Because when I get that spot, when I get to there, that's enough of that. I'm not going to distract from her anymore. When I get to there, my body, my soul, my mind still has all these wounds. Every bit of it has been forgiven. Amen? Christ wants me in heaven, and God can't look on all these wounds. He can't, and he won't, because he makes me absolutely smooth, absolutely perfect. Amen? He gives me the smooth side. He gives me the bright side. He gives me the point of life that I long for all my life. I don't know about you, but I've longed for that all my life. Even in the middle of my worst depravity, I longed for that. It was my heart because God left it there before I was even thought of. Before I was even formed in my mother's wound, God knew I would be here today talking about this to you. He knew that I was going to go through all those things because I was going to go through all those things and I was going to put myself through that stuff. He knew that. But he made it for this day. Now tomorrow I can say the same thing. He made it for this day. So, because of that, I choose. Not God doesn't command me to. He's forgiven me and I'm in heaven. But I choose to serve and to follow my Lord Jesus Christ. If you notice, there's only one scar on this side. It's the scar. It's the wound that God left me. It's a hole that only Jesus Christ can fill. It's that spot in the middle of my heart that I know Jesus Christ is Lord. This is the spot that I have to go to so I can honestly be... I'm going to pack that baby in. Um... So I can honestly be crucified with Christ as I serve my friends, as I serve my family, as I serve people that do not deserve it. I'm serving my Lord Jesus. I have no problem at all giving up everything to him and letting that nail hold me in place to the cross. Christ is not on this cross anymore except my body. Because Christ isn't in this world, I don't believe. He may be walking around here, but I haven't seen him. He's not on the cross. But I'll take his place for you. Because he did it for me. Thank you. You're listening to an audio message from The Well, a gospel-centered church family in Hastings, Nebraska that exists to grow disciples and glorify God. For more information, please visit www.thewellhastings.com.